Do you know why they call it mm-hmm. the clap or why I was told they did? Because wow. the only way to cure it, the only way to cure it is to take two pieces of wood and clap them together on your junk. Okay. I've you know what? You I don't want to do this show anymore. <laughs> <laughs> California. Keeping up with the Coens, an OC rewatch podcast. Hello and welcome back to Keeping Up with the Coens. It's your favorite podcast. Here we are doing it again. I'm out of practice. I'm Ryan Drake. I'm coming to you from Oklahoma <laughs> City, and this is the first time we've done this in like three weeks, guys. I've almost forgotten how to do a podcast. Uh, when I say guys, I'm of course referencing the co-host of this show. Um, one of them ho- holds this. One of them holds the show together in an unlike anyone else, and the other one is a detriment that m- makes me want to. <laughs> Don't call Chelsea a detriment. <laughs> makes me want to crash my car every time I hear his voice. Ryan, I have earned my place. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, I, I, that's not who I'm talking about. Of course, I'm I'm talking to the balloon boss. The queen of RSV, <laughs> the lightweight of the 918. It's Chelsea Trinidad. Hello, Chelsea. No one has called me lightweight of the 918 before, but I fucking love it. There you go. That's your new Instagram add, bio. I know. I'm going to add that. Am I in my Twitter bio? That's wonderful. Maybe even TikTok. Maybe, you know, there's m- very limited characters on that. So that'll really, really mean that I've taken it to heart. How are you? I'm very excited to talk to you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I'm excited to talk to you. Also, Dylan's here. Hi. How are you all okay, doing? Okay, moving on. Moving on. Um, <laughs> I, I just, I want to say though this is a huge deal i cannot believe that we have literally been doing this podcast now for 10 years i think this is our 10 year anniversary <laughs> i was Just, thinking about it's almost a year right like we started this in october of last year didn't we um november of last year because i remember the hardest thing to do on this podcast was to time it because we wanted the chrismica episode to come out right before christmas and then the new year's episode to come out right after like right on new year's oh yeah but we started recording in october because i know we were recording before that before the ice storm of halloween we started recording before that yes so yeah we've almost been a year it's almost been a year guys of us talking on this dumb machine every week um speaking of this dumb machine we so do we need to uh talk we got like an email i've got there's like some nice instagram messages that i saw on the cohen's instagram inbox mm-hmm. um, yeah we have awesome fans like yeah. thanks you guys i feel like we don't do that enough we get too self-involved we're all self we're all seth cohen's here but um <laughs> yeah we got a cool email that dylan sent us from some guy that was talking about um was it honey in the moon yeah yeah being uh, used sh- in that first episode how great that, that scene was and he yeah, was shout right. out that's to a nick. great scene shout out to nick mm-hmm. um one of the best music moments. This show actually turned beyond to Honey in the Moon. I think I may have said this in the first season, but then when Honey in the Moon came out on the American Wedding soundtrack, I just fell harder for it. And I remember as as every young teen learning to play guitar, I was like, I got to learn how to play some Joseph Arthur so I can woo all the women. Um, I wooed one. <laughs> didn't, I, and, didn't I try and find Joseph Arthur's Instagram once on this podcast? I think so. I think I did do that. <laughs> wow. Just pictures of honey and moons. We've been doing this long enough that I forget that I've done dumb shit like that. Anyway, (laughs) um, well, we're here to uh, continue our journey of the OC season three. Things are getting things are getting 
interesting. The tide's starting to turn a little bit. I actually, Ooh, yeah. I know that one of your messages this week, Chelsea, said these episodes were good, and I disagree completely. <laughs> uh oh, I thought they were really good I this week. Ha- the first one that one that I'm doing, I really enjoyed. The first one, I hated. I just was like, this is yeah. getting too convoluted. This is getting too up oh its my own gosh. ass. Ryan, this is the first time you and I are on opposite uh, sides because I really, really liked the first episode because of its simplicity. Um, it, it finally <laughs> felt like, oh, thank goodness, they're going back to high school shit. Like, no one's dying. No one's wielding knives or weapons okay, at each other. Like, like, okay, we'll get into it. But, like, to me, it was like, oh, Johnny got hit by a car so his leg was messed up and then they threw him over for a surgery but then the surgery can't happen but now it can happen he's back on the surf team just kidding he's not back on the surf team there was an insurance oh, yeah. thing and then oh, he's yeah, like but he's lying stupid, but he's sure. also lying to marissa about being on the surf team i'm like i am so confused what the uh, fuck but is i'm gonna the point use chili as a plant like it was yeah i, 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 was I can much. see what you're saying they had to sit in a writer's room and go well what if we did this and it's like why why couldn't you skip all the middle stuff and just do Oh, he got hit by a car. He can't surf now, right? Like, that's it. Why do we have to go yeah. on this weird whatever? Um, well, it's almost like they, just because there was a lack of um, any color? story progress. <laughs> a lack of color. There, there wasn't story progress with any of the other characters. There's no storylines. The entire storyline was focused on this one objective. So it was like to create any kind of uh, movement, they had to have the Johnny stuff. But like, literally, it's it's so frustrating. Like, Johnny ruins the third season. Oh, yeah. But do, do we, like, I've never actually thought about this before, but, like, this show could have had some, what are they called, like, bottle episodes, where it's just, like, a self-contained story within mm-hmm. the episode, and then it's done. Like, yeah. we could have had a couple of those, and this season definitely needed some, where it's just like, you know what, this isn't going to be part of a grander thing, this is just a dumb mm-hmm. storyline that happened in this one episode, and now it's over, and we're good, right? Yeah, yeah. like a mall episode type episode. Oh, oh I, I missed the mall episode. I missed the mall episode episode. <laughs> love the mall, that's why we love the mall episode. The mall episode's yeah. great. Big it, mall it episode fans. Or even, like, uh, when they went and saw Rooney, it was just all focused around that one activity. Which it was kind of nice. Rooney? But it was kind of, but that was about Oliver. I feel like the mall episode really was, like, its own kind of thing people mm-hmm. you could watch just the mall episode and you'd be like i understand what happened here because i don't have to know a million other things but you know that's why the mm-hmm. mall episode's the best mall episode the mall episode pop episode <laughs> yeah and uh just want to say a shout out this is the first podcast we were recording in the post star-crossed era and i just want to say it feels good to be here I'm glad wow. you guys are here thank you for being the breadwinner of the podcast <laughs> All right, should we get into these episodes? Yeah, mm-hmm. let's get started. Let's start with episode 11, which would make this 311, The Safe Harbor. The Safe Harbor features Sandy Cohen on screen for 8 minutes and 11 seconds. Dylan, tell me more about The Safe Harbor. So much like we went on a little break in recording, um, the show went on a little break for Crimbus, and this this episode aired originally on January 12th, 2006, to 5.13 million viewers. Uh, The stirring courtroom drama was written by Mike Kelly. So let's talk about it. Big Mike Kelly, yeah. Chelsea, let's have it. I'll do it. Um, So (laughs) the episode begins with, it's the core four, and they're sitting at the bar at the bait shop drinking... Various virgin cocktails. Like, it looks like there's a couple mojitos in there. It looks like there's an old-fashioned. Fojitos. Um, Fojito. I, I just, I mean, do you, did you guys ever, I feel like whenever I was out with my friends, and obviously we couldn't go to the bar yet, but we wanted to have that feeling, we would get coffee at, like, 10 o'clock at night. What did you guys do? Mountain Dew. Like. All the way. We, we didn't drink 
mojitos at bars like that's cool but um i thought that was interesting and it was kind of funny because summer was acting sort of drunk and emotional i never Um, had a mocktail until i was over 21 really which which mocktail do you have Uh, whatever the speakeasy makes it's really good i don't even know i think it's just i think it's just a version of a shirley temple but it's very good was it safe Um, sex on the beach no that's a great one i I like this scene though because um rachel not rachel sorry summer and ryan had like some dialogue which they rarely Mm -hmm. do and this was like fun fun ryan hanging out with summer who we know is fun so it was a good time oh ryan's been a little bit more fun lately which i've i've appreciated Mm -hmm. um anyways they're all they're all kind of feeling the feels um of returning for their last semester but marissa has to go back to to newport union of course um okay i want to start i already have i already have thoughts i already have thoughts on this (laughs) Mm -hmm. so all right uh, good let's hear them they're there i understand them wanting marissa to be a part of the end of their high school career and like wanting to be a part of all that stuff that makes sense to me but they're also sitting around acting like well we've had a good break and tomorrow it all goes to shit because we're never going to basically like we're never going to see each other again i was like all you guys do is see each other all the time Mm -hmm. as every episode of this show you guys are constantly around each other like i didn't understand the whole like well tomorrow this fun time is over it's like you will see each other tomorrow you live with marissa right Mm -hmm. i i had no idea maybe it's because they spent more time together over christmas break but i don't know they're creating they must have just been really not drunk on the uh, mocktails and they're just reminiscing on something that wasn't actually going to happen as one does yeah um so summer kind of has some exposition and reminds us all that um, marissa can't come back and it's not dr kim's fault it was the parents association who swung this action um so marissa kind of does her little moody thing where she's like um i guess i'll go home and it's kind of silly because it's like she's leaving by herself but like she lives a summer so i'm not really sure what her plan was um but as soon as marissa leaves summer officially launches her mission of the episode which is to get marissa back to um harbor is it is it harbor what Mm -hmm. is it Newport Harbor? just harbor Newport union is where she goes now it's public Newport union and then um harbor high school Harbor High. Go Pirates. So, I love this because Summer's, uh, you know, it, it kind of teases what we get next season with Summer's activist prowess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But she enacts this, like, multi-pronged plan. Um, they have signs. They have petitions. Um, I, have, I have one of those t-shirts somewhere. I've had it forever. Do you have a free Marissa t-shirt? Mm-hmm. I won't. If we ever do a live so event, bad. I'll wear it. I would love to do a, a, I would love to have a free Marissa shirt. I'm sure I can find it somewhere. Oh, yeah. They're everywhere online. I got one for, like, $15 on Redbubble or something, like, 10 years ago. Oh, my gosh. Uh, so, Ryan talks to Dr. Kim about Marissa. And, um... First of all, Dr. Kim is amazing. I was going to say, I have all I have notes that just say, like, Dr. Kim is the unsung hero here because she yeah. made this happen. Like, this would not have happened without Dr. Kim. She is so cool. She's always been like that, though. Like, when you think back, I feel like she's always been an advocate of Marissa's uh, best interests, even more so than her mom or dad a lot of the time. Um, even when Ryan was doing bad boy things on his bad boy bike, she was a lot more understanding than probably a lot of other administrators would be. Uh, so I don't know. I kind of love it because she talks to Ryan and she's like, okay, I can put the, the item on the docket. And she, it, she kind of does the thing where she's like, you, you know, you might want to check out this specific case on this specific day that yeah. happened here because there's a precedent set so she totally wants this to happen she's on ryan's team well she says it's fall semester 1996 and i was like damn that's so long ago and then later on they go oh yeah it was 10 years ago and i was like oh right this show aired in literally 10 years after 1996 which just still made my brain like 
404 for a minute. We're old. Well, I'm wondering, did she... So I bet that she looked that case up whenever uh, Hot Dean was, like, trying to get Marissa cut out. I'm sure that she hot was like, Dean. hey, there's precedent. Why, why do you, I don't call him, think you don't have can... to call him Hot Dean. Hot Dean, you don't, see, we, it catches Dylan, on. It that's catches a Dylan on. thing? We don't have to do that. <laughs> okay, hot well, Dean. I mean, he had his moments. Yeah. I would say he's hot for a Dean. <laughs> I don't think that he's hot, like, in the general specter of the earth. Wow. But Dean, if I were Dean to Norris is offended right now. Deans, oh. <laughs> Dean Kane is too. Jeez. Um, so the other fun thing that Marissa, or that Dr. Kim says is she's like, you know, well, students can't address the board. You'll need an adult for that. And Ryan's like, I think I got someone. Mm-hmm. So you're like, yes. Jimmy It's going to be for- Julie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Kirsten's going to make an impassioned speech and sway the hearts of the entire board. She's going to threaten to drink in front of them if they don't do it. I'm going <laughs> to do it! I'm going to do it! Uh, so Marissa and Johnny are at school and Johnny comes up to Marissa and he's actually smiling. It's a big deal. Uh, with his perfect bone structure. Yeah. Yeah, I hate that. I hate it. His wispy... Okay, it's not his face that's annoying. It's his wispy hair. I can't. It's his fucking... All, it's his Tyson Ritter hair. He looks it's, like an emo front man that will eventually get canceled. <laughs> that's a great. Um, that's a great. Yeah, that's astute observation, Dylan. Great job. I'm trying really to remember. So, you really, you really paid the rent on this episode. <laughs> so Johnny tells Marissa that the Pack West put him back on the team. Oh my this god! This sounds so unlikely, but <sighs> whatever. We're rolling with it for the sake of the episode. Every time I say Pack West, I cringe. Oh, mm. are you like ah fucking? College football, what are you thinking when you hear that? Well, no, it's just like, it's not a real thing. And they've like thrown all of that. Like this whole episode, I know we'll get to it as you progress, but like this whole entire episode, like Marissa's future, her literal future mm-hmm. hinges on some vague thing called West. You know what I mean? And yeah. And like, oh, well, if he doesn't get to go to the West tour, then I'm not going to go to my old high school because I need to be at my new high school to take care of him. It's like, oh, my God. I hate it. It drove me insane. I hated this episode. I oh, Okay. Well, we will have to agree to disagree. Anyways, <laughs> um, I originally thought whenever Johnny has a story about being back on the team, I thought he was making it up. But then he invited her to a party. So I was like, oh, he must not be making it up unless he just hired a lot of people to go to a party. But that makes no sense. Oh, he would do that. <laughs> and, um, again, so, how, how many freaking things have to happen aside for like you know, people directly telling Marissa? And now Johnny had one plus one, a single person in his entire <laughs> life that he could take, and he takes Marissa. Marissa's like, yeah, okay, I'll go. Yeah, no, I completely agree. She knows he has feelings for her, and she's like, I mean, I'm starting to the wheel starting to turn the other way for Marissa with me now because I'm like she looks like, well, why don't you take your mom? He's like, no, I want to take you, and she's like, okay. Well, she knows that he does. He told her she he yeah. does. Yeah, that's what we're saying. That makes it weirder for her to go whenever it's just the two yeah. of them. Um, but also for her to consider skipping out on this hearing to get her back into her private school just so she could go fuck off at some dumb surf party with Johnny Football Hero. <laughs> Makes no sense. Okay. Summer, uh, meanwhile, is not getting very far, even though she has greatly organized this campaign. Um, her and Seth start talking, and they're like, we need to recruit Taylor. They need to what, Taylor? Recruiter. They said recruiter. Oh, okay, recruit. Recruiter. Oh, are you going to ping ding. me? I'm going to ding me you, now? first of all. What's the, what's the difference <laughs> between a ping and a ding? Oh, I guess I guess I said it wrong. Whenever I say ping, that means that they're gonna send me a message. I was gonna on say, Slack. If, if I'm gonna ping you, I'm gonna say, "Hey, <laughs> it's a golf ball." 
Can we talk about Taylor's scarf game whenever they approach her? Please, I'm always down to talk about Taylor. Yeah, outfit of the episode. Seriously? Oh my god! Every yes. time, Taylor, Taylor has crushed this. I mean, if we go back and look at the stats, I think Taylor's gonna win this oh, one by yeah. mile. She's the Jameis Winston of fucking like every outfit this, of the yeah, episode. Absolutely. Also, I was gonna mention that um, the first, the opening scene of this episode had um, Fan and Planet doing a cover of a song called "Our House," which I can't remember right now who the original band that did "Our House" was. Uh, but Fan and Planet did the cover of "Our House," and that was the music moment of the episode at the very beginning of this show. So they had back to back Fan and Planet In songs. In the middle of the street. Different, our, different, our house. different our house. <laughs> nope. I different same, our house. I thought the same oh. thing too. I just knew you would <laughs> sing it first, so I got to stay quiet. Okay, so I'm a little bit confused about this because your favorite uh, episode? Taylor's mom beats up. <laughs> no. Taylor's mom beats up on her all the time. She's like, you have no friends. You're so unpopular. If you would just relax, you'd be one of the popular girls, but you have no friends. Like, that's what they say every single episode about Taylor. But then as soon as Summer leaves, Taylor's sitting with friends, and they're like, hey, like, are you sure you want to get Marissa back? Like, she's your chief social rival, which is hilarious to me. It reminds me of in Mad Men when Ginsburg is, like, upset with Dawn, and he's just like, I feel sorry for you. And Dawn's like, I don't think about you at all. Yeah. Like, does Marissa even know who Taylor is? Now she does. <laughs> Great question, actually. I don't think that she does up until, like, they the last scene. They had a scene in the beginning of the season where, she, where Taylor took over her job as social chair. Oh, yeah. The power play episode. Was Marissa there for that, or was it just summer? It was the one day that Marissa went to Harbor before she got kicked out. Oh, and remember okay. Taylor gave her like the the joke where she like pointed oh, the gun. Oh, she goes, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry, you guys couldn't see it because you're not watching us. But me and Ryan both just put our little finger guns up. Mm-hmm. I'm not caring. <laughs> um. So Ryan, of course, talked to Sandy about advocating for Marissa at the board meeting. Uh, Sandy knows the head of the board because he is a tough judge that he's argued Uh-oh. in front of before. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just remembered. I just remembered a thing. This has nothing to do. I'm sorry, Chelsea. I just remembered a thing from season one of this show where we were doing this podcast mm-hmm. when after Luke got shot. Do you remember when he gave the finger guns to Ryan and we were like, that's so <laughs> <Yeah>. fucked up. <laughs> he said, take it easy, guy. Oh, my gosh. Luke getting shot is like one of those moments that just, it was the most inconsequential moment ever. He literally got shot and then five minutes later was doing finger guns. And we were like, does he know? It changed him forever. Like y'all, if your friends get shot, it like fucks you up for eternity. And everyone just carried on. You, know, you don't do that. Apparently Veronica Townsend did, which I kind of really, I laughed out loud in the next episode wherever, um... Kirsten says that Veronica Townsend called Marissa Little Miss Columbine. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one of my notes. Oh. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Sandy knows the judge. Uh, we later find out via Kirsten that this judge has actually jailed Sandy for contempt before. So not exactly a friendly audience that he is going to argue before. Uh, later, later on, Marissa is with the gang and she expresses some hesitancy about pursuing this route. Um, of course, we know the board meeting is the same night as the Pack West party. I don't know if this is what you were going to talk about, but like when Marissa goes and tells Johnny finally that like, oh, by the way, I can't go to your party. And he doesn't act like Johnny acts like fun. He's like, well, not fun, but he's a little more upbeat. Like you said, he's smiling. And when Marissa goes and tells him, and I think Marissa's upset that like he's doing okay without her. Yeah. And he, whenever she tells him that she can't come to the party, and he's like, oh, that's fine. That's great. You're going back to school and chilly. I mean, clearly he is upset, mm-hmm. but he hides it. And he's like, oh, that's fine. You know, Chili will be excited to go. 
Marissa is upset that he's not ups- more upset that she can't go. And I was like, this is starting to become Marissa a Marissa problem. I've yes. been defending her a lot lately, but it's I can't at this point. Yes. There's just a lot of back and forth. So Chili tells Marissa that the doc won't release Johnny and he can't join the team anymore. Um, so Marissa kind of expresses uh, to Ryan that she's not so sure about the whole campaign to get her back into The sentence you just said made no sense, by the way. Which yeah. not not your fault, it, it's the show's fault. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying. I understand why you didn't like it, because there is way too much back and forth. It seems very silly. Also, like, I feel like Johnny is suffering from this weird thing that, I mean, maybe these are the type of guys Marissa's drawn to. It's more, it's more so this is just a TV trope. They're like, I mean, main character syndrome, which is like when Ryan has drama, everyone is so laser focused on Ryan. Like, that's the thing everyone cares about. And now mm-hmm. when this Johnny thing happens, one, does he like trash his own house? Is that what happened? He like broke his own shit. He rage quit his life. That's what it, I mean. He, his house was like fucked up. His room was all fucked up. He broke everything. And then Chili's just sitting there all somber. And he's like, I don't think he can come back from this. And I was like, Chili, go fucking live your own goddamn life. Why are you so concerned about this idiot and his fucking weird leg problem that now he can't there. serve that's what happened <laughs> I'm like, you, what are you or talking like, be about be a normal person go get him drunk like a normal friend would do he didn't trash his room he was walking around with crutches and he <laughs> fell on everything <laughs> <laughs> that's what happened uh, so. Okay, so I kind of love this part. So I love Matt so far. I think he's an awesome oh, character. Yeah, he's awesome. really, great. really good foil to Sandy. Yeah, he's the anti-Johnny. Um, <laughs> it, yeah, no, he really is anti-Johnny. He's like smart and upbeat. His legs work. Yeah. <laughs> he could probably surf if he wanted to. Yeah. When you, you think about like the people Girls that they play like Sandy up against, <laughs> it was like Tate and then um, Caleb. And now, like, Matt is so different from the other two. So it was really, really fun to watch, like, you know, Sandy talk to another competent person. Yeah. Um, but Matt pretty much gets the tea on the judge's son. And I forgot the exact details of it. But basically, he was some kind of a runaway or a dropout. Yeah. Fa- phase one, I think, was that his son got kicked out of, like, missing. a military school or something like that. His son got kicked out of something, and what Sandy was Sandy was like, I'm not going to use that because that's just straight up personal dirt. But then later he comes back around. But how could he have used that in the Marissa's? Like he'd be like, well, Hey, you should let Marissa back into school because I know that your son got kicked out of a military school. So boom. Probably why he didn't use it. I don't know. Yeah. Because <laughs> not it's not because it's good information. It's just irrelevant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna like, blackmail this guy into letting Marissa back, but he's like, oh, that's still good information to know. Yeah. Chelsea is contorting so hard to make mm-hmm. this episode make sense for us. <laughs> hey, I'm doing a pretty good job too. Yeah. So Ryan confronts Johnny about Marissa wanting to stay. I love this energy. This, this is, is the best scene. part of the episode. Good for him. Shitting on Johnny in his dark, broken room. I'm here for it. Yeah, his sad puppy act is getting old as fuck. It's gotta go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Ryan's pretty. Mu- he, you know, Johnny's like Marissa's free to go, and Ryan's like just wanted to make sure that she knew that. You know, <laughs> he slams the basically door. Basically saying what we all are, have been wanting to say. Um, another really good nugget from this episode is I like love the scenes between Julie and Neil. Oh yeah, I figured out what Neil's How tall- from. How tall is Neil, by the way? Seven, Every seven, doorway eight. he steps in, he Dylan, you'll know what I'm talking about here. Mm-hmm. In the first Star Wars movie where the stormtrooper hits his head yes. when he walks in the yes. door. That's what that's every doorway <laughs> that Neil walks in. He has to like duck. So and also yeah. I figured out where he's from. I've been trying to figure it out. He's he plays Ben Schwartz in Yellowstone. And I like to think that Ben Schwartz is somehow related to Josh Schwartz, even though it's a fake show and real person. But for those of you who are wondering, what is this guy from? Yellowstone. 
Um, I find their relationship to be titillating. Ooh. It's not a Benefer or a Chastain Oscar Isaac situation, but it's getting up there. You can kind of feel there. And you know what's really nice is because you, you actually get to see them converse. Like all of the other relationships on the show, <laughs> like you didn't get to see. The bar is so low. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it is so low, but it's not like you got to see Julie and Caleb like having fun conversations together. I don't know if you're separating it by like storyline and by group of people, but there is something Taylor Townsend related that I wanted to bring up. And I think that Ryan probably wants to bring it up too. And that's the the period of time where they find out, you know, Veronica, scary McGuire, whatever. She's like, I don't want you to be involved in this Taylor. You're not going to do it. And so Summer's trying to find a way to get Marissa or to get Taylor onto the free Marissa train. And so she pretty much gives Seth permission to offer like sexual favors and a whole bunch of other stuff to get Taylor on the team. And Taylor, I guess, takes it seriously and discusses doing something with candle wax tube socks and a new Fiona Apple CD. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I got to tell you, I was sitting there listening to that and Steve from Blues Clues is on my mind because he never stopped thinking about me. Um, and it made me wonder, what does Blue want to do with candle wax tube socks and the new Fiona Apple CD? Oh no! <laughs> so I just I just had to bring that up. I like this this other side of Taylor. Taylor contains multitudes. Tube socks. Yeah, I used to wear tube socks around this era of time. So oh, oh. you just said around this, and I was like, around this what? <laughs> Ryan hot chili peppers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Got a little con- concerned. Uh, chili runs into Marissa and tells her Johnny uh, could actually Johnny can join the team after all. Which oh basically relieves Marissa of her uh, burden of Johnny. So the trio is just despondently sitting in the backyard waiting for Miss Marissa to show up. And as soon as she talks to Chili, she's like, oh, actually, I am going to go. Like, how pathetic. The three of them are just sitting there. The most ham-fisted line in the entire history of television where Chili goes, yeah, Johnny's good. Your doctor worked out. Everything's going to be great. And I think either Chili or Marissa goes, it's kind of funny how it all worked out. And then Johnny like sulks out like like the weird IT guy and like from the back room and he's like, is she gone? <laughs> um, he, is, so, he was in Marissa's house. <laughs> so yeah. the fam, everyone arrives to the meeting and just in time, Matt appears with a file. Oh. What could mm. it be? It's the Marcellus Wallace we don't briefcase. Know yet. I know. I guess I guess we'll find out. Um, <laughs> I just want to say I don't think we're I don't think that we've spent enough time making the Marissa lives outside joke this season. And I just want to remind <laughs> everyone that that still is in play, and it's funny now when you have a T-shirt that says "Free Marissa" and it's just like, well, she's she fucking free lives her outside. from I being mean, sorry, inside a public yeah. school in a fenced-in area. Yeah. She's a free-range girl. I love this part. Uh, Taylor's mom, Veronica, walks up to Neil and Julie. And she says something really bitchy about Julie or Marissa, and Neil kind of swoops in, and it's just like, oh, brains, beauty, and a flair for fashion. Like, yeah. Marissa is Julie's daughter. Like, something really charming like that that I thought was kind of cool. Neil's, Neil's charming. I was also pretty excited that Taylor's mom said, you're either with me or against me, um, which outed her as a Sith, because only a Sith deals in absolutes. So I was pretty excited about that. <laughs> um, but I this hearing... I hate this hearing so much. Like, it gets good when Sandy goes in, but, like, just to begin, 
The big deal is students can't address the board. So I don't know what happens. Let's see. Ryan addresses the board and they listen to him. There are yeah, no, no rules. They say, they say you can address each other. So instead of like facing the board, they turn and they face the audience instead. It's kind of silly. I hate it. So Taylor appears and... Um, <laughs> Just like some, her mom. Yeah. Somehow within two minutes of uh, Summer and Seth calling her, she, you know, drives in California traffic and gets there somehow. No, no, she was she was there. She was at the school. She, was taking a, she oh, went she to was. the bathroom. Taking a dump. Her mom confronted her and she said, I have to go to the bathroom. So she went to the bathroom. She was sitting on the toilet when Seth and Summer called her. Um, okay. That makes sense. But where did this, because at one point, Seth, whenever he offers her sex and she's like, no. And I'm like, all right, well, Fiona Apple, I'm still going to listen to it. Um, he gives her the petition where the that's got all the signatures and there's only like 12 signatures on it. And then when she comes back later that night or the next day, it has 300. Did she really go and get 300 signatures? I wanted to think that she forged them all. Yeah. And she says it's from the whole student body. I think she forged like, them. There's only 300 kids at that school. In the senior be... class, I that's... thought. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know, but there's definitely not 30 people in that ending montage. True. It was standing room only, though. Johnny couldn't mm-hmm. even get in. He had to stand outside <laughs> for the verdict. Julie speaks for Marissa. And uh, Veronica says something like, well, of course you're going to say that. You're her mom. And then Neil kind of stands up and is like, Marissa's been living with me and gives like a very stirring account of Marissa over the last few months, which I thought was very sweet and moving. Even though we all know that they have not had any interactions with each other at all. It was forged just like the signatures. It is a sham. I think, yeah, I think that he know. I don't think he even knows for sure that she's staying with him. He could have easily just made that up. It's a rigged election. It is a fake Uh, Ryan starts to talk about the case that um, held precedent with a similar event okay, that happened with a knife we're, since, we're, since we're picking nits here with this, <laughs> I hated that the guy, the judge, Judge Mercer, was like, listen, you guys are making great points, but we just can't do it because there's no precedent. And it's just immediately like, Dr. Kim looks at Ryan and gives him the nod. He's like, actually, there is. And I was like, God, this could not have gone more perfect for you in that situation mm-hmm. in a yes. way that's just not... I can't suspend my disbelief that hard. But then he's even like, there's precedent. And the judge goes, well, that's good precedent. I'm still not going to do it, though. Yeah. Yes. Um, So Dr. Kim backs Ryan up, which is really cool. And then, of course, Sandy comes in with the closer. And he gives this parallel speech that relates to the chairman's missing son. Aha, we find out what's in the file. Very interesting. But Sandy basically makes the plea. You know, he doesn't call out the missing son at all. But he just says it's so rare in life that someone gets a second chance after they've been through a hard time. And, of course, that touches Judge Mercer's heart. And um, everyone votes to admit her back in, except for Taylor's mom. See ya. Yeah, it was a five to one. It was like a four to one or five to one motion. But like Johnny shows up to the high school and like hangs out in the he hallway and in. just listens through the door. He's like, he's got his like little glass to the it's door. It's like Oliver, whenever he watches them hang out outside <laughs> the window. Except Yes. So the judge approaches Sandy and thanks him for, you know, keeping it on the DL, but says, you know, he recognizes what he did. And then for the big reveal, so Matt tracked the judge's son down and brought him to a shelter, and Sandy has his address and phone number to give to the judge. I'm holding your son Which, hostage, Judge. I, I thought that was, like, really, really sweet, but the judge doesn't, the judge's just like, oh, thank you, it leaves. Like, I was expecting, like, a glisten of a tear or something like that. A single tear. I think it was, okay, I mean, we're, we're, we're led to believe this judge is, like, a heartless bitch because of the, all the shit he's had to go through, so... I feel like him saying thank you was good. Uh, appropriate. Yeah. I felt like that moment was good. That moment to me was like one of the high points of the shitty episode. I was like, great. They're, they tied something good in here. I really yeah, enjoyed My note that. was, we don't deserve Sandy Cohen. 
He's so good right. in this episode. He uses those eight or minutes. Matt. Matt is such a good addition. Sandy's hair is doing a lot in this episode. Oh. He needs a comb. It's feathered. <laughs> um, so in the aftermath of the meeting, Julie comes clean to Marissa about their trailer park um, living situation. And Marissa's like, I'm ready to come home when, you, when you'll have me. Uh, also, Neil comes clean to Summer about the divorce. Uh, so Ryan, before joining everyone at the diner, he finds Johnny at the lighthouse and basically just says thank you. And I don't know. Their dynamic's so strange. Um, but the episode ends the with the peer. core four. It's like the core four and a half because Taylor is like hanging out with them. Yeah. And she's like sitting at yeah. the end. They, I didn't like this. You know. She needed to be more. She needed to be more in frame. I okay? didn't centralize. I didn't like the fact that that. So you had Seth, who is arguably still a bully. We forgot earlier in this episode when he's asking people to sign the petition that probably that same bully that always says mean stuff says sign this nerd and he grabs his crotch so he's still ostracized that's that's seth that was a funny line though, where seth goes i'm not gonna sign his genitals and then marissa is just fresh back into the school she shot somebody ryan who mm. is you know still uh he's a bad Chino boy man, and in chino man <laughs> chino man and we don't know what his deal is and then summer who i'm beginning to think was kind of like a former partier and is sort of a bully to girls who she doesn't agree with and all of a sudden all of this is happening and those four people are front and center in the class of 2006 photo i want to know more about taylor's other friends like what, what did yeah, they those think about two her? girls like yeah, i'm very intrigued by these girls <laughs> why does veronica not count them as human beings what's going on in my head she truly doesn't have friends and that was just her manifesting two people and talking to herself wow i'm, I'm trying to find interpretation mm-hmm. it's very sick sense of you i see our, friendly people <laughs> all right ryan second yeah. episode let's do this is that it we good we did yeah, the whole episode, we done. We? Wow. excellent perfect well that will get us into episode 12 titled the sister act oh shit did i not where's oh god i didn't write down the sandy time i've never done that i've never had this problem <laughs> oh no is my timer is my timer still up oh no i Close Just the timer say too. how long the timer's at right now. Like Sandy Cohen is in well, this episode zero. for two hours. <laughs> Sandy Cohen, Ooh. according to my timer, Sandy Cohen is on this episode for zero minutes and zero seconds, Man. which I think is not true. Inaccurate. You know what? I, I'm allowed one. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, But yeah. So Dylan, tell me more about the sister. Act. Unlike Ryan, I did take my notes and it originally aired on January <laughs> 19th, 2006 to 5.36 million viewers. It was written by someone I didn't recognize, Lelia Gerstein. I don't think she's written an episode. Really? This is a new or writer? Lela. Lila. Is that a misspelling? Uh, well, or is yeah, that... I, did, I, did, I did my homework. Well, I did says my notes L-E-L-L-A. right. L-E-L-L-A. Oh. Am I pronouncing that mm-hmm. right? That's a Ashley Simpson song, I think. That's Lala. <laughs> it makes me want to... Oh, sorry. It makes me want to Lala Gerstein. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Whoops. All right. Well, you'll figure that out. Um, so I'll start this with the open. I did a couple of scenes before I broke it up into things. So we open with Seth and Ryan in the kitchen. Uh, Seth thinks that things are going too well for the for the squad. Um, as we know, Marissa's back in school. Marissa and Ryan seem to be good. Seth and Summer seem to be good. Everything seems to be fine. Summer got a perfect score on the SAT. They're going to college. Everything's great. But then the doorbell rings, and uh-oh, everyone. <laughs> It's 14-year-old Caitlin Cooper at the oh door. Oh, my gosh. Uh, not played by Shailene Woodley, now played by Willa Holland. I actually read an article about this. Yeah, I would love to know like some of the background on why they switched her. Obviously, a Willa Holland crushes, so I'm glad that they it's did perfect it. Casting. But as we all know, you know, Shailene Woodley... Uh, it has ruined the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, one, yes, Willa Holland absolutely kills this role. Like, she... Taylor Townsend and... 
Caitlin Cooper are my favorite parts of this show moving forward through the through the end of the series. Like they are my favorite characters in season four. They're both so fucking great. Anyway, so apparently in season one, Caitlin was eleven, and now she's fourteen. Um, and Ryan even references the fact that she's a fourteen-year-old girl later in this episode, which is uh, weird for a lot of reasons. Mm. She's fourteen. Um, but apparently when Shailene had, was went in to be recast, when they wrote um, Caitlin back in the show, they brought Shailene in to do, to like recast her, to do mm-hmm. like a read, a retest. And she failed the retest. They were like, I don't think we were going to go with this other girl instead wow. because she's gone through puberty and is tall and hot. And Shailene wasn't at the yeah, time. Yeah. Well, okay. Also, I mean, she had Secret Life of American Teenager, like right around the track. So it's not like she ruined her acting career forever, first of all. But also I think something so distinctive about Shailene Woodley is she always comes off as just so sweet and this role would not have been right for her mm. shtick. She was a real bitch in The Fault in Our Stars. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, she yeah. killed that guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? I would, I would see it. I just assume. I, it used to freak me out how much Willa Holland was able to mimic uh, Marissa's mannerisms. Okay, that was one of my notes. Was she doing a transatlantic accent? Okay, her voice, her voice does, but the way that she talks, it's like her tongue doesn't touch the roof of her mouth or the back of her teeth or something. I'm not doing I, that. No, I can't do that. I skipped, I skipped ahead to the next episode. Whoopsie, sorry. Uh-oh. But she, she was talking to Johnny. She's like, one birthday curse. Like, she says it's so weird. Oh. Like... It's like she says the word kiss at the back of her throat. I, everything she says at the back of I'm her throat. Curls. It's like, I got well, like, I It's even. almost like you're George Lucas maybe, impression. <laughs> maybe her name is actually Willow, but she can't pronounce it. Willow. I, I, no, like, uh, listen for it. She does not use hard consonants ever, and it bugs me. I'm here for it. I love Willa Holland. I loved her in Gossip Girl. I loved her in whatever she did. Do you after watch Gossip Arrow? Girl. She does Arrow now, right? Oh, that's Ooh, right. Are you an Arrowverse fan? No, I just knew that she was. I it. have watched Eva Amell do pro wrestling, which is great. Keeping I've never up with seen the Arrow. Arrowverse. But it's Caitlin Cooper. She's at the door. Um, she looks great, and uh, Ryan and Seth don't even recognize her. It's creepy. I was like, that's well. Like, they don't even, they literally don't know who she is mm-hmm. until she says, like, hey, Ryan. And he's like, oh, my God, I have met you before. You're Caitlin Cooper. You've grown about 18 feet. She's now a lanker. Yep. Um, <laughs> just gone through puberty. And Seth is creepy about her. Um, mm-hmm. We learned that a Persian man has moved in next door to the Coens. I wish we got more of that. Yeah, I wish we got some more of that guy, but we never meet him. Anyway, so she's here. Caitlin's here. We don't know why she's here. Hit the credits. Hit the skip skip credits button and we're off <laughs> i watch them every time i'm a true fan <laughs> i'm a i'm a credit <laughs> um we are in the kitchen now and we learned that julie's on her way so basically caitlin went next door to hang out with her family and they were not there obviously they moved out they moved into a trailer and into summer's house so at, at the end of the last episode are we led to believe that marissa now lives in the trailer as well like she moved yes. out because julie told her mm-hmm. okay yeah so that's Kate, that's why Caitlin's at the Cohen's house. Julie's coming over to to see her, <laughs> and she has a great line about wanting to protect Caitlin from everything, including shootings, funerals, and public school. <laughs> and I just want to get this out of the way because it comes up multiple times for this episode. I don't want to bring it up every time, mm. but the way that they have written Julie and Marissa both to be like, 
oh, we net we basically disowned you, but for good reason because a lot of shit was going on over here, and we didn't want to drag you into mm. it. That's such bullshit, right? That's manipulative like, AF. I also like that Julie thought that Caitlin would have been in Paris at Fashion Week right now. She's fourteen. Can you buy plane tickets when you're fourteen? I don't. I don't think you can. I don't I think, think you have so. to be uh, sixteen. Okay. Well, she's not in Paris. She's at the Cohen's house. Okay. So. I don't. I, I had a clarification question. I have more, no, I have more questions. More questions. Why, if she she lives in a trailer and Caitlin's upset about this, like go back to your fucking fancy boarding school, right? But then I was like, wait, who's paying for this boarding school that she's going to? The school that she's going to is allegedly fancy and nice. We know Julie doesn't have any money. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure Tate doesn't have any money. Who's is it her paying friend? For her? Is it like her friends, rich friends, or something? I don't Maybe know. she's on a scholarship <laughs> to boarding school. Yeah. You know, you can do that. What's your clarification question? Okay. So are we to believe that she knows nothing that's happened since we last saw Shailene Woodley? So not only is she like, okay, my parents don't live next door to the Coens anymore. Also, where's my dad? Okay, my dad got beaten up and now he's hiding out in Hawaii and he abandoned the family. Like, so she, don't, she knows nothing. Well, yeah. We know that she wasn't going to come to their wedding. She is taking it in stride. Frustrating. Well, she gets a weird phone call. We see that. She gets a phone call from some weird guy whenever she shows up at the trailer. We don't know who it is yet don't worry we'll get there uh marissa feels guilty about her lack of a relationship with her sister my next note just says it's taylor time let's fucking go <laughs> she's part of the group now <laughs> oh this is yeah and then i wrote ryan and marissa are being rude to her because i feel like taylor's pretty responsible for getting both of them back into yeah. school either by way of having an affair with the dean <laughs> or standing up to her mom at the meeting yeah. right and they're still like such assholes to her. She shows up to the school and like she's like gonna sit down with him in the coffee shop area. And Ryan and Marissa are both like, gotta go. And they ditch her. And I'm like, go fuck yourself, everyone. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. Anyway, um, all right. Now I've kind of split this up a little bit between kids and adults. So let's start with kids. Marissa feels guilty about Johnny. I guess just she hasn't talked to him in a while since their break has been going on. I don't know. Uh, Ryan refers to Chili as Bizarro Seth, which I enjoyed. John, I'm sure Johnny's still sad because he sucks. <laughs> and Chili manifests a phone call from Marissa. Like, Chili's so involved in Johnny's life, it doesn't make sense. Like, yeah. he truly is the Seth to his Ryan. Like, it's just it's in bad. a way that's it's over. Yeah, there are no boundaries. He's like, you just gotta call her, man. You're so sad and he must care. I care about you so much. I can't see you like I love this. You, really, I love you. Come <laughs> yeah. here. Marissa calls Chili to see what Johnny's up to, I guess. And then John, Chili gives a phone to Johnny, and Marissa wants Johnny to meet Caitlin. <gasps> She's like, yeah. You're going away, you're going surfing, <clears throat> you're gonna move away, but I want you to meet my 14 year old sister before you leave, which is bizarre. So they all go to the diner. Um, on the way to the diner, we learn that Caitlin and Marissa had gone thrift shopping together because don't forget, they're broke. Shrek Vest is back. Is oh, all I didn't I'm even say. notice it. I notice didn't it notice every it. time. Shrek vest <laughs> was back. If that's not the outfit of the episode, I will be fine with it because I have no fashion sense. But Shrek vest is back. Okay. Okay. Well, I guess. I mean, since you took such notice of it, I mean, I'm thinking that should be the outfit of the episode. Yes. Chelsea didn't pick one. I didn't pick one, so I'm glad that you mentioned that. <laughs> Shrek vest is back. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not one of those guys that's gonna pick the, the outfit that Caitlyn's wearing with her belly button show. No. Shrek vest. I mean, I, that's what I wrote. I was like, uh, you know, her very hit me, baby, one more time outfit. But I was like, that seems obvious. Maybe it should be Shrek vest. It's like the, the, the when boys cry, when men cry meme, except Shrek vest is all that matters. I rest my case. Okay. I'm going to leave a lot of space there for edits. Okay. <laughs> Moving um, right along. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, 
Caitlin meets Johnny and Chili, which is funny to think that Caitlin and Chili had any screen time together, but they did. She refers to Chili as Carrot Top, and she talks about Johnny's perfect bone structure. Except his leg. <laughs> I didn't think about that. It's not all, yeah, his bones don't all work, but that's fine. Um, Chili then tells Marissa that Johnny and Caitlin disappear at the diner, and Chili tells Marissa about Johnny's big fucking dumb lie about going surfing so she can go back to high school because that's where we are this, with this show. And I guess Johnny was just leaving, straight up walking out to leave her. You know what I mean? Like he was just like, I don't want to be here. He fucking He's leaves after getting there at home. 10 seconds ago. And Caitlin catches up with him outside and she's acting flirty with him. And there's some bullshit afoot. I just, I just, I gotta say, this is a theme for this episode for me. And this is gonna happen one other time. And I'm gonna say it. If anyone else lied to Marissa, like Johnny lied to Marissa, Marissa would not talk to them for the rest of the season, and it would be a major season she, plot she point. She acts like it's some noble yeah. thing. She even says later, she's like, well, you did this amazing thing for me. I'm like, he Hate did it. literally nothing. He lied to you. Hate right? it so much. Well, why doesn't he just, like, man up and just be like, we... Like, I have the hots for you. We need to create some space. He kind of does later. He tries to do that later, which again, yields a second question. If anyone else rejected Marissa like Johnny did, she would not talk to them for the rest of the season. So she's been lied to. (laughs) She's been rejected. And if if Ryan even did something close to that, she would be like, it's it's not worth it. I'm going to go find Oliver at the hospital. Like, it's... (laughs) <laughs> it's it's a double-edged sword and i'm sick of it notwithstanding the awesome shrek vest i'm sick of marissa cooper's just two-facedness is that a word that is now no, i dude no i'm all on board with this because if this happened in real life a, a guy doing what johnny has done to marissa so far like it's on the same level as oliver which we talked yes. about he's a fucking psychopath right Yes. Like, yeah. and I later on in this episode i can't find somewhere in my notes i think i think it's whenever he he lies to her. He is really rude to her. Talks all this shit to her. Basically says, "I don't want you in my life anymore." But then he immediately turns around and goes to apologize to her, which is like such this weird cycle of abuse. And I was like, "This is some real psycho narcissistic shit that he's pulling with her right now." But he Whether has he's doing a great it on purpose, bone structure. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Anyway, next time we see anything, uh, it's Ryan. He's at the Cohen's house. There's a knock on the door. And it's Jasper from Twilight. Here okay. he is. Okay. I have to share this with you. I did one of those things where I was taking notes as I was watching and I didn't edit it. I just kept taking notes. And my note says, Oliver vibes from Caitlin Stalker. Hot Oliver, who also looks exactly like a non-vampire version of Jasper. Oh my God. Wait, it's the same actor. It's <laughs> Jasper from Twilight was my yeah. note. It is. I loved it. Mm-hmm. Okay. He he helped redeem this episode. Jasper's looking for Caitlin. We don't know why. I don't really care why. But he gives Ryan his phone number, which was very sweet. I hope I ship them. Um, anyway, next time we see Ryan, he's going to the trailer and he sees Caitlin. Music moment. Yep. He's, he's hanging out on the front of this trailer, which I guess has a porch. And mm-hmm. it's the music moment of the episode. Because yes. she is listening to a boy brushed red living in black and white by oh, Under baby. Oath. Caitlin listening to Under Oath is when I realized she is my Taylor Townsend. <laughs> She's 14, Dylan. Hey, um, man, I thought she was 16. See, that's my invitation <laughs> to Jasper. Shout out to Aaron Gillespie, uh, Under Oath. What a, what a weird band. I, I went through phases of liking them and not liking them, but, you know. Aaron and Spencer. You got to have both of yeah. them, man. Uh, anyway, Aaron Gillespie, I think, coming to Oklahoma City soon, or maybe he canceled. Anyway, mm-hmm. shout out to Under Oath. So Ryan talks to Caitlin about Jasper. She claims that he's a stalker. I don't remember his name. I think Timothy or something. I'm calling him Jasper. She claims that he's a stalker. 
And of course, Ryan does Ryan things and oversteps and inserts himself into the situation and just goes, I'll take care of it. Great. Can't wait to see what happens with that. Uh, Marissa goes to Johnny's house. This is when she, I guess because he literally left the, the lunch meeting with Caitlin, he showed up and then immediately left. And so when Marissa now has this information that he lied to her, she shows up to his house, even though I, I would be furious if he just fucking left, but she's not. She's actually really happy. What you did, this is when she said what you did was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he tells her what we've been saying forever, which is he's no longer her, he's not her problem. She needs to fucking just move on and forget about him. Please, for the love of God, just move on and forget about him. But she basically is like, well, you want to be friends? And he basically says, I don't want you in my life anymore. I don't ever want to see you again. And I think he's doing the right thing here because if you're that fucking strung up about a girl that has a boyfriend, you got to just do that, right? You got to just be like, well, I can never see her or talk to her again. That's the right move. So you know what? Snaps for Johnny for finally doing one thing right. My next note says, remember the bait shop? Um, <laughs> Jasper meets up with Ryan at the bait shop. And uh-oh, everyone, there was $1,500 stolen from his brother. Apparently, Caitlin, this is, I, I, do we need to get into it? I don't I'm even just fully to understand figure, it. Okay, is it his actual brother or is it his fraternity brother? Because they made a big deal out of the frat thing. Probably his fraternity brother. Apparently, Caitlin stole a bunch of money from his frat party. And he's trying to find her to mm-hmm. get the fifteen hundred dollars back, which is like eight thousand dollars in two thousand four money. So I understand. Yeah. <laughs> but we got the sense that there's more to it than this because he also says something along the lines of like, "Well, I've tried to help her, and now it's out of my hands." And I'm like, "What is that? Is like a hitman coming for her? I don't fucking know." No, the the click five is coming for her to the door, <laughs> yeah. and Philip Seymour Hoffman is apparently in that fraternity as well. I don't understand it. Jesse Plemons is who that reminds me of. <laughs> um, <laughs> Meth Damon. <laughs> Meth Damon every time. Seth. So we're back to <laughs> Seth now. This is where this is where Seth and Summer were on the couch hanging out together at Summer's house, and Seth says that Taylor Townsend has abused puppy syndrome. Hate it. And just because they're friends with her, Bye. she's gonna follow them around like she's some sort of fucking detriment. She's done more for them than anyone else besides Sandy in this series. Mm-hmm. She's continually saving their asses, but they are treating her like shit. No, it's true. They're treating her just like a sidekick. Yeah character um so frustrating she's the star of her she own really life is. she's the star of my mm. life um she pops in she shows up she does a pop in she talks about how her dad and mom are how her mom is going on a date with summer's dad we'll get to that in a minute but she's just being very cute and freaking out about the fact that they could be sisters because she just wants someone to be cool and hang out with her and summer's being too good for it um, But do you remember how she got in the house because she, she said speaks, she speaks fluent she speaks oh, She said she speaks fluent, yeah. house, fluent housekeeper. That was amazing. Oh, Taylor. She's the best. Marissa and Ryan discuss Johnny at the trailer. So she's mad that Johnny is doing the right thing by telling her to fuck off because he's too into her. And she's venting about this to Ryan. And Ryan has to bring her back down to earth and say, look, Ryan's life's not that up bad. With it. Well, he's kind of like, look, last your sister's here. I'm here. You're living in a trailer. Things are going great for you. All right. <laughs> um, so just let it go. And with that, but Ryan also does see like the, like the, a bag that's been like embroidered with this fraternity logo that he knows that Jasper is from. It's a whole bunch of convoluted stuff. So he's starting to believe that maybe Caitlin really did steal this money. And he even brings it up to Seth and says, this could be going on. And Seth has a great line where he goes, well, she is Jimmy Cooper's daughter. Theft is in her blood. <laughs> 
It's pretty good. Oh, quiet. gosh. I'm like, we got a Jimmy shout out. Well, they they say this several times. I think they even say it on the official, uh, like, summary of the episodes. But they're trying to draw a comparison of Marissa being more like Jimmy and Caitlin being more scheming like Julie. Marissa brings that up in this episode, I think. She says it was always her. It was always mm-hmm. Caitlin and my mom versus me and my dad. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to make this all make sense. So Marissa <laughs> and Caitlin now show up to the kitchen where Ryan and Seth are. Seth gets rid of Marissa. They go talk about action figures. So Ryan now has a moment to talk to Caitlin and say, hey, I talked to Jasper and he told me about this money that you stole. And then Caitlin tells him, well, it was for a good reason because Jasper's friend got my friend pregnant, but then he didn't want to pay for the shmushmortion. So I went to this party and stole the money. Which is great. I would love to be in the writer's room when they're like, what if she stole frat party money for an abortion? I'm like, great, let's do that. That's topical. She can steal it, but it'll be for a noble cause. That's what they were thinking. They were like, what would make Ryan like take pause? Like what would be a reason to steal the money? That would happen. Right, but ultimately we know that's not true. We later find out that none of this is true. There's no smushmortion to be had. Mm -hmm. She stole the money just so she could go hang out with her family, which is like, why don't you just say that in the first place? Why is this better? Yeah. Right? It's anyway. Not. Uh Johnny is at the trailer now. Um I just wrote Johnny swings by the trailer because of course he did, and uh oh, once again everyone, Caitlin invites him to the new match launch party that's taking place later that night. She's because chaos. Johnny wants to apologize to Marissa, which is some real psychopath shit. So somewhere in there during all of this, Ryan tells Marissa about the abortion money. She's like, Oh my god, I can't believe my fourteen year old sister is doing the same shit that I was doing when I was 14 and fucking overdosing in Mexico, but whatever. So now we're at the Cohen's house. Chaos is coming to a to a conclusion. We're at the Cohen's house. Um, Jasper's rejects show up at the door <laughs> and they're yelling at Caitlin. Some dude is mad about the money and Caitlin's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And Ryan's like, go to the pool house. I'll take care of it. They bring up the abortion thing and they're like, what are you talking about? That's where we learned the abortion is not even true. This is where I've gotten to a point with a show where it's like, oh, Johnny can surf. No, he can't surf. But he's going to surf, though. But he can't surf, though. But he can, but he's not. But he could, but he can't. It's like, she's got this money, but it's for a good cause. But it was for an abortion. But it wasn't for an abortion, according to this guy. Why did she steal it? I don't know. I'm so over this. I just watched the third season for, like, the colors and the sounds. I don't watch it for the show. For the brown guy? (laughs) The soundtrack. Anyway. I, I wrote, apparently there was no abortion. Hooray. I'm Republican now. Um, <laughs> Caitlin runs away. <laughs> Caitlin tries to run away, Ryan style. Tries to literally run away. Somehow between getting from the hallway of the Cohen's house to the pool house, she calls and gets into a taxi that takes her to the trailer. She gets caught there by Marissa and Ryan, who got there right after her. She's packing her shit. They stop. Ryan does a great line where they're, Marissa and Caitlin are just kind of arguing. And he goes, hey why don't you just talk to each other? And I was like, Ryan, who the fuck are you right now? <laughs> and just in the sister, the sister fight. And you're like, oh, you guys should just talk to each other. Like it's some big fucking noble thing that no one had thought of. Anyway, well, I'm Marissa over did it. interrupt their brother fight. She with a, with a handgun. That's true. <laughs> what if Ryan just shot Caitlin in the back right there? <laughs> he's like, you did it for me. Karma's a bitch. Yeah, he's like bitch. sibling rivalry. So I understand. <laughs> now we're even. Directed by Quentin Tarantino. That would be actually really funny if they're just like having an argument and Ryan just shoots Caitlin in the back. <laughs> anyway. oh, and she comes back next season as Shailene Woodley. 
Ah, the fault in our stars. Am I right? Okay. Yeah. That could be the name of this episode. Anyway. (laughs) Put the am I right at the end. (laughs) (laughs) All right. It's very hot in my room. I think I'm losing oxygen. Okay. So they agreed. They both listened to Ryan's words of wisdom and just have a normal conversation instead of arguing. There is no bloodshed. Um, Caitlin says that she knew about the trailer park. She had a friend who was the landlord and the landlord told her whatever. Um, so she knew that they're, she knew they were living in a trailer. And so she stole the $1,500 either to help them with money, which $1,500 is not going to help you. Or it was to literally get her to Newport to see them, which I think was the case. But if that's the case, she got there and she still had the $1,500. So she didn't need it either way. I don't know. She gives it to Ryan. Ryan takes the money back to the bait shop, meets up with Jasper again, gives him Mm. the money. Jasper's upset that Caitlin's not there because he's in love with her because he met her at a frat party a month ago. Like 16 year olds -olds at frat parties. And he goes, he goes, I thought she was 16. And yet he still wants to like hang out with her. He's still upset about it. Whatever. I'm going to tutor her, man. Yeah. How old is he supposed to be? Marissa says he's our age. So like 18, 19? 42? Yeah, really. Seven? Ew. Like, what What acceptable age is it to date a 14-year-old? Well, he's, va- he's an ageless vampire. Mm. There's no acceptable age to date a 14-year-old unless you're also a 14-year-old. Or have just recently turned sure. 15. If you have a car, if you can drive a car, you shouldn't be dating a 14-year-old. Okay. Ryan gives Jasper the money. He still likes Caitlin. I wrote the Cooper doesn't fall far from the tree. I don't know what I meant by that, but I, think, <laughs> I thought it was funny at the time. Um, and, then I, and then I wrote, oh yeah, don't forget about Johnny. He's still around. Oh, um, go God, away. Jasper and Johnny show really running rampant here. What that? Why did they not take advantage of that opportunity? It could have been a clean break from Johnny. It could have been the reset episode, the last one, and they decided, nope, we're gonna keep this kid around. No, I agree completely. Like this, that last episode where he tells her he doesn't want to see her anymore. That could have been it, right? Like he's gone. We've had lesser goodbyes like zach just disappeared one day right we don't know where the fuck he went yeah um he's just not around anyway don't forget about johnny he's showing up to the party he wants to apologize to marissa he says he misses her this is when i said this is some real pull and push shit that's just not Mm -hmm. okay she forgives him and then she's like by the way where's caitlin he's like she's outside and she goes oh well can you take her home and I was like, why would you ask Johnny to take your 14-year-old sister home? That's so weird. I hate this And he show. makes a weird joke about taking her to get ice cream. And my last note just says, Johnny takes a 14-year-old to the beach to go swimming. Oh, my God. So yeah. there you go. That's how that happens. I Any questions it. before we move on to the adults? Let's talk about the adults. I, f- I-, I feel like I yeah. can't say anything. What's going on in adult it's world? Convoluted. Anyway, so in adult world, more fun. More fun to be had here. <laughs> Veronica Townsend shows up to Kirsten's house. Uh, Veronica Townsend wants Seth's mom to hook her up with Summer's dad. And she called Marissa Little Miss Columbine in this scene. Solid. (laughs) Something else that just doesn't make sense here. In the last episode, we learned that Veronica is, I guess, like the head of the PTA or something. She's somehow involved with the school board. She is the board. But she's like, Marissa still is not allowed to be involved in after school activities like prom or graduation. I was like, I didn't know that graduation was an after-school activity, but apparently Marissa's not allowed to to be there unless she gets the approval of Veronica Townsend. Veronica says so. So, Like, what the fuck? I know, right? So here's... Like, Dr. Kim can't swoop in again? I agree. Mm -hmm. But Veronica's somehow in charge of this decision, and in order to 
make the right decision for Marissa. She wants to go on a date with Summer's dad, Dr. Roberts. And if she doesn't get to go on this date, then I guess she's going to hold Marissa's fucking life hostage. I don't know. Anyway. Dumb. Dumb. Sandy recommends against it to talking to Kirsten. Kirsten visits Sandy, tells her what's going on, tells him what's going on. He says, don't do it. Veronica Townsend's a devil. And she's like, well, maybe we should do it. He's like, all right, I guess we'll do it then. I was like, cool. Well, that just worked itself out. So he calls Dr. Roberts and says, you should go on a date with Veronica. Uh, first, he asked her, first, he asked her if he knows Veronica Townsend. And Dr. Roberts' answer was, of course, I know every former A cup in this town. That was brutal. Yeah, I, I love, love that it. Great line. line. There were good lines in this. The other thing I think we might have skimmed over is someone was referring to uh, Chili. And he goes, oh, what's his name? Bizarro said. Oh, yeah. Chelsea, we said it. We talked about it. I like how how triggered Ryan gets when it's something he (laughs) mentioned. And when it's something I mentioned, he's like, oh, yeah, that's a great point, Chelsea. (laughs) I did bring it up. Thanks for being here, Chelsea. (laughs) RSV queen. (laughs) Anytime. She's going to kill you, and I'm going to film it and monetize it. Next time I disappear, next time my Zoom crashes, it's not going to be for internet reasons. She's going to Johnny your leg. Yeah, so 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 he so he says I know I know a former A cup in this town, and then Sandy also says I know she's a bitch on wheels, and I was like, does that even is that even an insult? Is that even an I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah, I know. I feel like that's like a uh, girl boss term now. Yeah. But ultimately, Neil agrees to go on the dinner with Taylor's mom. That's why Taylor is so excited later on, or previously when she's all excited about their parents going on a date together. She thinks they're going to be sisters on the date. Veronica seems totally fun. She seems fine. I didn't yeah. know she was a sports agent, by the way. We learned that in the previous episode. That's why, that's why I called so her she's... Scary Maguire. Oh, that makes more sense now. That's actually funnier now. <laughs> Story of my life. That could be the name of this episode if you want it to be. Ooh, permission accepted. <laughs> so she's a sports agent, and she has a great conspiracy theory about Maria Sharapova being part of the KGB, which I would have loved to talk about that for two hours. I would have gone on that date. Let's go. <laughs> you know, the, she's Taylor's mom. I'm into it. And of course, Julie runs into them on their date because Julie's taking Caitlin out for her first night back in town. So they run into Veronica and Dr. Roberts on their date where she sees them. She doesn't run into him. She sees them. And Neil had a good time. Dr. Roberts had a great time with on their date. And he even tells Summer that she's a misunderstood woman and that there will be a second date. And the second date is going to be at the new match launch party. Oh, baby. Mm-hmm. So now we're in this weird convoluted situation where Summer doesn't want them to date because she doesn't want Taylor to be her sister, which is fucked up. Um, mm. So they're trying to scheme up ways to break them up. Seth has an idea to just tell everyone <laughs> that he has genital warts, which gets shot down immediately. But don't worry, that'll come back later. Um, just like genital warts. Oh my God damn it, Seth. <laughs> Dylan, Dylan, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, I was just about to say, you really are the Seth, and then it just came out the truncated version of that. If Dylan's the Seth, what does that make us two? You're my Johnnies. I feel like I'm the Kirsten because apparently I just have blackouts. You're my Kirsten and my Dustin. I just want I just want to be the Luke. I have no reason to be that. I just want to say that. Anyway. You can be the Luke, the golden retriever of the podcast. Thank you. Oh, I was going to make him the literal golden retriever. The Dustin? Oh, Dustin! Yeah. You can be the You're Dustin. You're my Dustin. It's the nicest thing you've ever said to me, probably. Anyway, okay. Um, so they're trying to figure out ways to break them up. Meanwhile, Julie and Kirsten are setting up for the party. Julie tells Kirsten that she saw them on their date, and she's actually upset about it because she has real feelings for Neil. Julie has a great line. 
Is it, a, it was a great line, but it was also kind of sad. It was like, like I said, the wheel is always turning as far as who's good and who's bad on the show. And I feel like Julie's kind of neutral right now because she's not mm-hmm. scheming. She's not doing anything shady or shitty. And I felt bad for her because she had this line about them dating where she says, I'm like the Gulf Coast. At this point, what's one more hurricane? That's topical and sad. It's tropical and sad. Um, <laughs> look at us go. So... There's a there's a scene that crosses over all the kids and adults in the in Seth's bedroom where Summer and Seth are coming up with ways to break them up, but then Sandy comes in and says, "Oh, don't worry, they're not really dating. She's he only went out with her so she would not ruin Marissa's life." But then Kirsten comes in and says, "Wait, what Sandy just told you isn't right because I just learned that they really do like each other." I know, right? Um, I hate it. But now, and tell me if I'm wrong, because to me, this was the most insane thing. This episode started with, we need to get Veronica Townsend and Neil on a date. Otherwise, she's going to take it out on Marissa. By the way, why does she hate Marissa so much? (laughs) Like, what the fuck is her deal with Marissa? I don't know. It's weird that she has so much animosity towards Marissa mm-hmm. that she's willing to do all this. It's really weird. Like, why did, like, why it, she's coming at it like she has beef with Julie. I'm, I'm almost sensing a parallel between the way that Julie dealt with the other quote unquote public school kid, Ryan Atwood, in the first season, and the way that Taylor's mom is dealing with Marissa, who's the new public school kid, which would kind of sort of, track a little bit knowing what we know about who ryan ends up with ultimately but that's me trying to stretch as far as i can to make this make sense it's insane to me that this episode started with them saying well we have to get neil and veronica on a date or else she might do something shitty with marissa Mm -hmm. and now in this scene in the bedroom sandy says well maybe he really likes her he sees something in her that we don't and then the, immediately the the narrative shifts to, well, now we have to keep them together because if they break up, she might take it out on Marissa. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Come yeah, it was on. One, it was one date. I know. It was insane. Also, whenever um, Sandy says that, he's like, maybe he sees something in her that we don't. Seth is sitting on the ground. Seth and Summer both are just like, what? And Seth goes, what the hockey? <laughs> and um, that's a real life um, like outtake, I guess. Like like some Rachel Bilson like laughs, like legitimately laughs and looks at him. They left it in the episode. <laughs> um, that was a real, I guess, break on her part that I've heard her talk about before. Someone's been lo- listening to bitches. Oh my god! No, I think I knew that a long time they ago. They haven't covered this episode yet. We're so far ahead of them. We are like in space. We are in outer space and they are like subterranean right now. That's all I'm going to say. I can't remember which episode I listened to them, but it wasn't recent. That's the last time I listened to them. Anyway, we're almost done here. So now we're at the launch party. Kirsten and Julie, I'm just going to say it. Great event MCs. Everyone on this yep. show. Incredible on the mic. Mm-hmm. That's what the show is about. I know. I just wrote that this is full sad girl juju because she is upset about Neil and Veronica but then Sandy comes over to Kirsten and basically says something like, don't worry, they're going to break up. Our plan is in motion. And um, that's when we see Seth get Taylor, pulls her aside, says, I think you should know something about Dr. Roberts. And that we don't learn what it is yet. We After that, we see Taylor approach her mom, say, hey, I need to talk to you. She tells her something. And Veronica just immediately on a, on a whim is like, well, just kidding. Just kidding, Neil. I'm out. Bye. It just leaves, so they're done. I like a. That was that was fast and easy. I like the right. two choices though. The choices were Seth, 
either told her that uh, Rob, Dr. Roberts has genital warts or... No, he did that, tell her that. He, oh, or that he voted for John Kerry. The plan was for Veronica to think that he voted for John Kerry, and that would be enough of a reason to break him up. But Seth says, well, I knew that wouldn't work. And so she's like, so you told him she had genital warts? And then she hit him in the face, apparently, because next thing we see, she's icing his face down from where she punched him. Man. Right? Yeah. A lot happens in this episode. So I guess he tells her the genital warts thing comes back. Dr. Dr. Roberts does or does not have them. I don't care at this point. Neil and Veronica are done. Verneil. R.I.P. Verneil. We miss you every day. Finally, the last note I have is Sandy encourages Neil to fuck Julie instead. So he approaches her and they have a moment. They're hitting it off. And that's basically how the episode ends. It seems like Julie and Neil are finally on the same page. That episode was something else. That episode was a lot. I... I don't know i thought it was good i thought it was fun i i just i like that it was a little bit less johnny focused somehow okay, I, like I mean there's a few other things going literally, on literally whenever he shows up to the party to apologize to marissa i had the moment where i, I mean i wrote it don't forget about johnny because i forgot like he could have never come back on the show again and i would yeah, have forgot it was their opportunity to get rid of yeah. him and they didn't instead they were like let's kill him <laughs> I can't wait for that episode. I know they've had so many opportunities to get rid of him. And eventually they just wait two more episodes and kill him instead. And an, to get rid of him peacefully. I, an episode that's literally called the cliffhanger. Give him a happy ending. I, I, love, I just watched that episode of Shit's Creek, the, by the way. On the rocks. On the rocks. <laughs> Kaylin showing up here as kind of a turning point for this season. Not much time left with Johnny. Thank God. But then I forgot. I literally forgot that we have Sadie, right? It's almost Sadie season. Sadie. Sadie, speaking of Twilight. Oh my gosh. There's so much crossover. Sadie's going to be coming up soon. Gidget's going to be playing a bigger part soon. Um, Never he's coming forget. back too. Don't the forget Gidget about Gidget. Is returning. Gidget is so hot. Like, I was <laughs> watching Twilight again, and I was like, this man is just impossibly sexy. It's insane. You could eat like a charcuterie board off of his abs. Ooh, Chelsea. Can he qualify mm-hmm. for man madness? Can he? I don't uh, think gods yeah, can. So, I mean, I think he should. I think he should, just since Twilight's had such a renaissance this year. I think he should be man madness 2022. He might win. March, ma- March I might madness. Have, I might have talked about this on the podcast before, but I was into blind items. Uh, around this time period whenever this is coming or I think it was whenever Twilight was coming out and apparently he had booked a ton of movies and you know celebrities whenever they want to up their star status they go and date another celebrity Mm -hmm. that's how they accomplish it and apparently he was his publicist was working on a good showmance with him and someone else but he accidentally knocked like a fan up or something like that that's that's fan service to a whole other level (laughs) Well, (laughs) yes, yes. John Mulaney recently impregnated a fan, too. I don't know if you know this. (laughs) From Oklahoma. I have read. I've I've been watching all the TikToks about that. I'm obsessed with the story. So apparently at the wedding, at, at Seth Meyers' wedding, which is where they met, she was like, kept like following him wanting to bump into him so she could talk to him more welcome to the millennium on minute yeah did you see the yeah did you see the tweet that she sent like in december that resurfaced this week no what does it say it resurfaced this week that whenever he went in like december whenever he went to rehab she had tweeted out like all my love to john mulaney you're the best you got this she was into him i mean hey man I loved, Aaron his, I loved his netflix special too i really did well, and of course it's like i i mean i rewatched all his netflix specials just because obviously he's on everyone's mind and he like talks very joyfully about not having kids so it's not even like a 
Brad Pitt situation where he wanted to, but his current partner didn't want to, so he got rid of her and got one that did. I don't like, think, it I, I seemed don't like think he, this is on purpose. It's yeah, it seemed like he was very interested in not having children, and now suddenly he is <laughs> has one on the way. It's weird. Yeah, I mean, it's, hey. He's got to tie to Oklahoma forever now. Dual citizenship. Okay. I know. Should we have a... I kind of feel like we need to have a bonus just about this. Just mun Mulaney hour. We, you should do I balloons don't think we for need their to baby shower. Yeah. If they have it in Oklahoma. I mean, you can do it. You can do it if you want. You, Chelsea, anytime you want to just record yourself talking for an hour, I'll, we'll, we'll upload it. Don't worry. Oh, God, Just no. send me the files. <laughs> yeah. We'll send them to Ryan. He'll edit them and then send them to me and I'll no, do whatever those will it is be unfilt- I do. Chelsea unfiltered. Oh, yes. No theme music, no nothing. Yeah. Is that it? Are we done? We're done. We're good? Okay. We're back. I told you, 815, Chelsea. We did it. Yes. Love you guys. If you are still here, God bless you. Um, you can reach us. You can talk to us. Some people have done that. And thank you to those people. Um, you can find us on Instagram at CohensPod. C-O-H-E-N-S-P-O-D. You can also email us, CohensPod at gmail.com. Dylan, what else can they do to do that stuff? You can give us five stars and uh, write us a really great review about how awesome we are. That's literally your only option. It's only five stars. Uh, It tricks you into thinking you can do fewer than five. Not true. Um, You have to do five and you have to give us a uh, rating in order to uh, qualify for a giveaway that we're having. And the prize is that we will continue doing this podcast. We will also get our fans pregnant. (laughs) It's... Hey, I already got one of my fans pregnant. Uh, oh my god, I hate this conversation. I'm gonna go. All right, are we done, Chelsea? You have anything else you want to say? Um, thanks for tuning in. Perfect. All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Oh, bye. <laughs>